This is Vern Venom Grimsley with the Spiritual Renaissance broadcast. One time I had a conversation with two university students who told me that for them at least, the word God had lost all meaning. To them, religion was archaic, anachronistic, and about as practical as a blueprint for a cable car to the moon or a law against homesteading on the sun. They said they were interested in more down-to-earth subjects, and yet humankind had best remember that real religion, authentic religion, is one of the most down-to-earth subjects imaginable. Our warfare, hatred, exploitation, cruelty, and inhumanity, down-to-earth problems, for true religion offers the ultimate solution to every one of these issues by promising the spiritual transformation of humankind through the spiritual transformation of the individual. It begins in your life and mine. Once, an American tourist was visiting a London art gallery and began complaining loudly about the paintings. At last, the guide turned to him and said, Sir, these pictures are no longer on trial. The spectators are. So with authentic religion, and so with the teachings of Jesus, they are no longer on trial. Humankind are. These teachings of Jesus have stood the test of time. The love of God and humankind have proven their worth. The question is, Dare we live up to them in our individual lives and culturally as a society? On the tombstone of one alpine mountain climber was this inscription, He died climbing. A tremendous philosophy. To stagnate, to stand still, is not to live at all, really. A French philosopher said, To exist is to change. To change is to mature. To mature is to go on creating oneself endlessly. And the late architect Frank Lloyd Wright was asked at the age of 83 which of his architectural works he would select as his greatest masterpiece, and he replied, my next one. God, likewise, has a plan, a future for your life if in faith you will commit yourself wholeheartedly to the will of God. There was a woman one afternoon out mowing the lawn and another woman stopped and inquired why her husband wasn't doing it instead. The woman mowing the lawn stopped and said, let me tell you about it. My husband has only two regrets in life. One, that he has to wake up to eat. The other, that he has to quit eating to sleep. But is that really all there is to life, eating and sleeping and avoiding the work? Or was not life created to be something else, something more, an adventure? If you will turn to God in faith and seek God's will for your life, it will become exactly that for you. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But this isn't just a theological theory. It's a way of acting and reacting, of being. One way to define a chronic procrastinator is that he's a person who thinks before he acts and then never does act. And that perfectly describes a great deal of human religious behavior. Some people spend so much time thinking out their theology, they never get around to living out their faith. Jesus of Nazareth called you to live as a son or daughter of God and a brother or sister to every other person. It doesn't matter so much whether you can define God. The important thing is you can know God. You can have a vital daily companionship with God. You can talk things over with God, share your inner life with God, practice the presence of God and live every moment of your life here on earth and your eternal life beyond, certain of God's love, God's power and presence.
What would you think about a man who went into an elegant restaurant, sat down, ordered his meal, the waiter brought the first course of what was, for example, a seven-course dinner. Perhaps the waiter brought a bowl of soup and crackers. The man ate it, got up, picked up his coat and check, paid his bill, and left the restaurant. He would have taken only a fraction of what he had coming to him. In like manner, until you begin to live in faith, as the son or daughter of God you were born and created to be, you simply haven't taken all that you have coming to you, only by living faith can you begin to live up to your full potential. John Paul Jones said, I have just begun to fight. When you once dare to have this sort of faith, which I'm describing, you will realize in a similar sense that you have just begun to live, just begun to live with the joy and the purpose for which you were created. Jesus of Nazareth taught that human life can be transformed. At this point, there will be people who will chime in with a chorus of the old tune, you can't change human nature. People will say that as if it were an indisputable, undisputed fact. But most people who say that say it not because they've thought it out, but because their parents and their grandparents have said it for so long that they assume anything that that many people say must be true. But must it be? Jesus declared that by faith you can change. You can be transformed. Human character is not dipped in plaster of Paris or Portland cement at birth so that when it dries, a person can no longer change. You need not remain as you are. By faith, you can begin to live by spiritual motivations. As a child of God, animated by the Spirit of God indwelling your mind, the kingdom of God, said Jesus, is within you. And change is part of the very life process. Animals possess a sort of inherent biological wisdom, which zoologists describe as adaptation. If you take a horse from a warm climate to a colder one, it will grow a long, warm coat of shaggy hair. The horse doesn't consciously think to itself, the weather is frosty here, I must therefore grow a coat. Something which naturally constitutes the horse, a kind of inner biological intelligence is functioning. Human beings similarly possess an inherent spiritual intelligence, a curious capacity to recognize religious truth. Within each one of us, there speaks the still small voice of eternal wisdom, if we would but hearken and listen. The spirit in man, it is written, is the lamp of the Lord, the candle of God, searching all the inner places. Truth, like a shoe that fits, simply feels right. It's as if a woman said to a shoe clerk, I always get size five, but the six feels so good I'll take the seven. Do you know the size is right for you by the way it feels? There is no other way to know the size is right other than by the way it feels to you. By the appearance of a shoe, its color, its design, the advertising literature about it, or how shiny it is, you will not be able to tell if it is right for you. You have to try it on and try it out. Only in this fashion can you know if it is right for you. So with faith, you can find and know God if in this moment you will have the faith to say, God, if you're there, I want to know you. I want you to transform my life. I want you to take charge of my thinking, feeling, acting, and reacting and make me what you would have me be. It is my will that yours be done. There was a woman in Mahabalapur, India, who in seeking for the forgiveness of God for her wrongdoings decided that in penance she would hold 
her left arm entirely above her head, night and day, every day. She did this for over 40 years, and she entirely lost the use of her arm. It withered. Down through the centuries, human beings have tortured and punished themselves in a macabre multiplicity of ways to atone for their sins, their feeling of wrongness. Humanity either has not heard or has refused to believe the message which echoes down the halls of history, the forgiveness and the love of God are free. They are simply yours by faith, by the faith to claim these and to live as if, for faith is living as if. It is assuming a truth and then acting upon that assumption, the assumption that God loves you, that God is your Father, and all eternity lies before you, that God has an invigorating purpose for your life. One time on a study table at the library of a major university, I saw these words written in ink on the wood of the table. Hi, exclamation point, everybody loves you. Another exclamation point which is better than some things I have seen written in public places. It isn't really true. Of course, everybody doesn't love everybody else. But I'm here talking to tell you that someday it is going to be true because someday this world will be ruled by love. God, the Father of all humankind who loves us all, created us to live in love, to live as brothers and sisters in one great planetary spiritual family of God as global villagers in neighborliness and kindliness. One historian has said, the only difference between law and religion is that law tells people what they ought to do if they want to avoid punishment on earth, while religion tells people what they ought to do if they want to avoid punishment after their life on earth. But if religion were merely the organized avoidance of the wrath of God, it would hardly be the positive and joyous experience that it is for so many people. The religion of Jesus is based on faith in God, not fear of God. Jesus said, fear not, be not anxious, be of good cheer. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The religion of Jesus is based on love of a universal father, not dread of an omnipotent ogre. And it has the power of proliferation in your life and on this planet. Every baker or homemaker who has ever baked bread has used yeast. But did you know that in the laboratory, one single tiny microscopic cell of yeast can grow until over 100,000 gallons of yeast have been produced from that one single cell? Jesus declared the kingdom of God is like a bit of yeast which a woman put in a loaf of bread, and it leavened the entire loaf. Spiritual truth possesses the power to transform human life, to change this world. And one day, one day it shall. But it can begin with you in your life as you change your determinations, your purposes, the way you think, the way you see other people, and the way you relate to God. During World War I, 8,500,000 died. World War II resulted in 14 million military deaths alone, not counting the civilians who perished. Civilization faces a mighty choice in this hour, brotherhood or butchery. And until we dare to live as we were born to live, as sons and daughters of the living God, we shall not achieve the peace which so long we have sought. Jesus said, have childlike faith in God. Have you seen children in a park 
on a sunny Saturday, running, skipping, dancing, playing. There's an irrepressible joy to childhood, a joy that adults need to relearn. I remember one time I saw a little girl pick up a green soda pop bottle and walk around a park just looking at things through it. The clouds, the people, trees and flowers. This glass bottle distorted what she saw, acted as a prism to the light, and she was entranced. How many as adults have lost the fresh insights, the wonder and awe of childhood, and more importantly, how sadly many of us have lost the trusting faith in God, which once we knew. Said Jesus, have faith as a little child if you would enter the kingdom of God and give your life wholeheartedly in this moment to the God who has given his spirit to indwell your mortal mind. And then write to us, will you? We really want to hear from you at the Spiritual Renaissance Institute, Box 3080, Oakhurst, California, 93644. I've written Finding God, Getting to Know God, Growing Spiritually, Seven Principles of Prayer, Life After Death, any and all of this literature. Yours free, without cost, charge, or obligation when you write to us. For those of you listening in other countries around the world over our international satellite and shortwave network, let me spell out mailing address, Box 3080, Oakhurst, O-A-K-H-U-R-S-T, California, C-A-L-I-F-O-R-N-I-A, 93644, USA. This is a non-sectarian, non-profit program proclaiming the dawning spiritual renaissance, the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man, the worldwide family of God. And so for now, this is Vern Benham Grimsley saying, may God's will be done by you. Good day. <laughs>